Hello, folks, and here we are with Photo Facts Podcast on the spot with Gary Meeks from Hot Springs, Arkansas. Gary, uh, I had an opportunity to meet him and visit with him at Oklahoma School talking about CPP. He is the right man to speak about. So can you talk to our listeners? They're kind of new to PPA. Maybe they're not PPA members. What is the importance of CPP and what is that program? Well, let me tell you a little bit about CPP. CPP, Certified Professional Photographers, is the same thing to our industry that CPA is to accounting. Okay? So, here's the thing. If you're audited, do you want a bookkeeper, an accountant, or a CPA? Oh, I want a CPA. Sure you do. Now, here's the thing. If you have a special job, the most important job in your life, the most important event, do you want somebody that bought a camera last Christmas, or do you want somebody that's been in business for a while, or a CPP? CPP does this. It tells the uh, members, it tells the your customers that you have met a higher standard, you have passed an exam, that you know more about photography, and that your images have actually been accepted by uh, Professional Photographers America, and they put a label on you. It's kind of like a seal of approval. Well, I, I, I could really use a seal of approval. Now, I have, to, I have to be honest. Listeners know that I am not a CPP member. Even though I do have the sticker, so I can get in the CPP lounge because we are here with, C- with with PPA. So, what would be some steps that I would do as a photographer, being new or old, that doesn't have a CPP that wants to get that way? Okay, that's a great question. One thing you got you have to do: go to the PPA website, ppa.com, and look under certification. The first thing you have to do is declare that you want to be a certified professional photographer, and then what you do then is you fill out all the application. <clears throat> then you pay a fee. It's a testing fee. And, of course, there's a fee for anything, but it's a far cry less than being a CPA. <laughs> then you study and you study and you study. And, for instance, you mentioned Oklahoma. We taught in Oklahoma school. We taught three days here. We had 45 people in our class wanting to be certified professional photographers because the next step is the exam. The exam is 100 questions. It's very, very uh, inclusive of all photography. Uh, mainly portrait wedding type photography and there's a commercial and and, uh, other different areas also but the main thing is you have to pass this exam with a 70 percent the classes do help and here at IUSA we've we've had the classes I know for instance I'll be teaching at Texas school and Kansas school this next year so that's a little plug for them you can find their websites so it's three days of the most intense photographic learning experience you'll ever encounter here at IUSA. We just had Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I have students right now taking the exam as we speak that are sweating bullets, but <laughs> they come out with a lot better smile on their face than the ones that did not take the, the class. Then after you pass the exam, you submit images. You have 15 images, nine are mandatory images. For instance, there's three compulsory images that are three-to-one short light, three-to-one broad light, and a select focus. Then you can choose off uh, for the other ones as far as, uh, oh, let me think, uh, a high key, a low key, uh, something showing color harmony, something showing uh, tones and textures. But all that's on the PPA website. Then once you pass the exam and once you have your images accepted, you are a certified professional photographer. Wow, that, that's absolutely incredible. I um, I need to probably get on that. What do you think, Terry? Do you need to get on that? Is it 2015? We yes. can make a pact as a, as a couple that this is the year that we start that process. 
Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Terry said something about starting the process. If it's all up to me, I will be getting my CPP sometime in 2020. And, and you know what? I'll help you. Absolutely. Uh, that's what people, if you walk around and you see somebody says certified, a little yellow ribbon on their name badge, or anybody that you see with a, a yellow ribbon on as a master photographer, unless it's just a neck lanyard, and then the blue ribbon is the craftsman degree, but they all go in. You do not have to be a master to, to be certified or certified to be a master, but it's a separate program. Here's the major thing about certification. Bottom line, what's to separate you from the person down the street that bought a camera for Christmas? You wow. Know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. There, for any kind, anytime you can put credentialing beside your name, you are much better off in the uh, community as far as people knowing that you know what you're doing. Okay, well, I, I've got to ask because um, I know this is funny. When I normally get phone calls at, from people that I know in Oklahoma, and they'll say, hey, Robert, can you explain to me, like, the inverse square law of light? I always say, oh, you must be studying for the CPP. So <laughs> is that the hardest thing to try and get past most people? Or is there some other principle that they may ask on a test that would be very hard for the average person? There's so many different things. Inverse square law is just one of them. And uh, the inverse square law basically says if you have your light at, uh, say, 5 feet, you move back to 10 feet, you have one-fourth the amount of light. But when I'm teaching, I take the technical and show the practicality of it also. So that when you're photographing a big group, a group that's layered like four deep, put your lights back further so that the front row and the back row are more evenly lit. The closer you have your light, the more differential you'll have before, between the front row and the back row. They'll be lit properly and the back row will be very dark. Uh, lens selection, uh, focal length of the lens is very important. Uh, filter factors and knowing how to filter light so you can uh, photograph in mixed lighting situations, how to photograph uh, inside with balancing out the daylight outside, how to photograph and look for the light, light direction. If you go into print competition, you'll see the ones that really, really, really score high. They know light direction and light ratios. So that's another big thing that I think people should study and learn. Wow, so I'm telling you right now, you look up this gentleman. We're going to put the links on the website to the CPP program and obviously to the uh, convention for Kansas. I don't call it a convention, do they? No, it's Kansas School. Kansas School, that's right, Kansas School. Uh, I believe Mary Bang Waters, I want to go ahead and give her a plug. She's going to be there as well. Great. So that would be great. We'll put those in there. So you're going to get a, for lack of a better word, a professional photography instructions, three-day heavy hitting that's going to bring you up to speed actually, in what you need to know. Actually, in the school venue, we do more of a five-day, four- or five-day, like at Texas School uh, and Kansas School both. And when we're doing that, Kathy and I actually do live lighting and posing so that you can see hands-on what three-to-one light ratio, what Rembrandt light is, split light, loop light, open loop light, rim light, all these different things. You get to actually see and physically touch. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. We want to thank you so much for being on a podcast and uh, being obviously a very proponent for PPA and CPP. And our listeners are going to love this podcast. So look for us today. Jim and I and Terry will be out floating around through the exhibition halls as well through the Photo Expo. And I have some great vendors lined up for your day, so keep on listening. Thank you.